Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo of Chronicles of the End Times. And truly, we are in the last days. If you're one of those people that don't believe that we're in the last days, and you believe that the Bible's a bunch of nonsense, maybe some history, maybe some poetry, but other than that, not a relevant book, then I don you the ostrich people. You can say, what's that? Well, the ostrich people... That clan likes to keep their heads in the sand and say everything is fine, it'll all go away, everything's as it always has been. Uh, You're just learning about it because we now have this worldwide technology and we can see anything that's going on in the world. So it's really, nothing's changed, everything's fine, it'll be good. Well, if you're one of those people, I feel sorry for you because while your head's in the sand, the steamroller will just roll you right over. And you'll be in la-la land until that day comes. And it's coming upon us quickly. The most upsetting thing, as you can imagine right now, is what's going on in northern Iraq with ISIS killing everybody and anything in their way, no matter who they are. In this case, especially the Christians are being targeted. Children are having their heads cut off in front of their parents trying to get their parents to declare that Allah is the only God and he is the God to follow. And if they like the women, they grab them and they take the men and they cut their heads off as well. There are stories of Christians that will not turn their back on Christ, will not declare Allah as their God, but they know that Jesus Christ is their God and he's coming back and very soon. And there are those who have recanted or maybe in their heads figured, well, I'll just say whatever, but in my heart I still believe this. Whatever it is, they declare Allah is God and the only God. And then after that, they kill them anyway. So ISIS is being declared by those in the know as the worst terrorist army, group, cell, whatever you want to call it, in history greater than al-Qaeda, more, way more fierce than Hamas, rem, uh, reminiscent of Hitler, and worse. This is what we're talking about. And then we're looking at Gaza. We're looking at Israel and the war that's going on there. And we see that that's never ending. We also see among that anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism excuse me, is just rearing its ugly head all over the world. Israel's getting all kinds of flack. Displeasure for Israel in a lot of countries, hatred for Israel. We see Russia and the Ukraine and this tragedy of shooting down this plane and Russia's just cavalier attitude about it. And now, just recently in the last couple of days, they've sent another 2,000 troops to the Ukraine border heavily armed with tanks. What are we seeing here in this world? How about we add to that the Ebola crisis in West Africa? And Ebola started to break out in other parts of the world. You think someone is trying to get our attention? You think someone is trying to wake up the people that say they are Christ's, but pray maybe once a week, if that? It's time for all of us to pray 
and to seek God as never before for the souls of men and women and children. The name of this podcast is Whose World Is It? And you know, you hear today, and many of you may have said it yourself. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't believe that there's a God, your so-called God of love. Where is he? If he loves us so much, why is people dying these awful deaths of cancer? Why are babies and children, small children, dying of malnutrition all over the world? Why do we have these awful situations that we just discussed? Because the world belongs to Satan. And you can say, wow, what? Hey, wait a minute. I'm listening to this. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. The Bible tells me that all the fullness of the world and everyone in it belongs to the Lord. And you would be right, but you'd only be half right. Because if you look to Luke chapter 4, where Jesus was taken into the desert and he fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, and the devil came to him at the opportune time when he felt like he was the weakest and he offered him all this stuff, he took him to the highest pinnacle and he said, look at all these kingdoms. I will give them to you because they've been given to me and I can give them to whoever I want. And if you'll bow down and worship me, I will give them to you. And what did Jesus say? Did he say, they don't belong to you, they belong to me? He didn't say that. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. You only worship the Lord God and him only. And so he wasn't about to bow down and give him worship. But he didn't deny the fact of what Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was to write years later that called Satan the prince and power of the air. Listen, folks, this is an ugly world. Right now, wherever you are, you may be living good, or you may not. Things may be going good for you right now, or maybe they're not. But either case, this is a nasty place to live. You can say, wow, that's a real negative attitude to have. Listen, I love my family. We gather as much as we can. I love my friends. Uh, My fellowship with them is precious. We do have wonderful times. But if you look around, how can you not admit that this world is a nasty place? It's a nasty place to live. It's getting cruder and more vile by the day. What has to happen? The Redeemer has to come. Jesus Christ. He's not only coming to punish the sinners, as the Bible says, and everybody seems to point to that. He's coming to rescue the world. If he doesn't come soon, there will be no world left to rescue. I believe that this ISIS is just the beginning of what we're going to see in the Islamic states. A mass war of hatred that is going to re-aim itself at Israel and along with the Muslim population in Russia and along with Putin and his goals that he has, his agendas, are all going to come together and we're going to see a massive attack on Israel to wipe them off the face of the earth and that's going to be the beginning of the last phase of the coming of Jesus Christ. Before I close, I want to bring you to something. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 talks about a scroll. 
John says he looked up and he saw that there was a scroll, and it was taken by one who was who appeared to him as a lamb that was slain. As he saw Jesus Christ take the scroll from the Father. And what was that scroll? That scroll in chapter 5 of Revelation is the deed to the earth. And it says it was written back and front, but nobody was able to open it. Nobody was worthy to break the seals. And if you look back in Jeremiah, you'll see how these scrolls were treated in Israel. When Jeremiah prophesied that Babylon would come in and take Jerusalem and take all Israel captive, he was one of the few voices that said it. And he was looked at as someone who was a traitor. He was arrested for treason because of his way he spoke. But he spoke the truth. He spoke what God told him to speak. But yet, Lord laid it on his heart for him to buy his uncle's property. Why? Because he said, you're going to come back here someday. Not you personally, but Israel's coming back here. And when they do, he can redeem that property. And he took that scroll, and it was written on one side, and it was written on the other of all the terms that only the certain redeemer could redeem that land. And he took that scroll, and he buried it in the ground, put it in the jar, buried it in the ground, where his ancestors would know it would be when they came back, and they could dig it up, and they could show that they own this property, and that property was redeemed by Jeremiah, and his family could once again live there. Jesus Christ is the only one worthy. He's the only one. He's the Kingsman Redeemer. He opens and breaks the seals in Revelation chapter 5. And the whole heaven rejoices. In fact, before he breaks the seal, John weeps bitterly because he knows my God, what's going to happen to the world? And the elder comes to him and says, don't worry about it, John. The line of Judah, the root of David and Jesse, he's worthy. He breaks the seals because of the blood he spilt for this earth, for the people who live on it. And he takes that scroll and he's coming back to get what's his. Folks, that's our attitude that we should tell other people. If you're a believer and you're listening to me today, yes, this is a serious message. Yes, it has a little edge to it because it's a serious time the Holy Spirit has put on our hearts. And I'm telling you, you tell people the truth. This world belongs to the devil. If you want to get out of it, join the kingdom of God and we'll fight against it. The kingdom of God is greater, and the scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. But are we exercising it? Are we using it? If an army is given a weapon and they never use it, they're not much of an army. But I want you to understand that it's time to use the tools that Jesus Christ and the Father in heaven has given us, the power of the Holy Spirit to pray and to intercede and tear down walls, bring down strongholds. Listen, folks, we don't know how long we have, but while we're here, we need to be working in the vineyard. We need to be marching on. So when the king comes back, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's time to pick up our weapons, our spiritual weapons, and move forward. 
and pray against all the darkness that's coming upon this earth. That's our job. And when God is done with us being here, he'll take us away. But until that time, let's march forward. Let's tell people the truth. Yes, Jesus is coming. But you know what? He's coming to save the world. He's coming to get his people, those who love him and those who are faithful to him. He's coming to take them away. He's coming to save this world. And I hope that you believe it. And I hope that you live it. I would just like to say as we close, the beginning and middle of September, and I will be giving you the exact dates, I will be teaching at Searchlight Church in Long Branch, New Jersey on Broadway on the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, because it is a tremendous book, not just the book of fear and mysteries, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It opens up your eyes to how wonderful he is, how powerful he is, and the plan that he has, the great eternal plan that love has designed for you and me. So stay in touch. I will let you know those dates, and hopefully I'll see you. So God bless. Carry on, even in the darkness. We can share the light of Jesus Christ in a powerful way. God bless you.